0: So Bhagavad Gita as it is fifth chapter Karma Yoga Action in Krishna Consciousness So we're going to chant together text ten Brahmanya Daya Karamani Sangam Twakvaka Rotiya Lipy N Sapape Padma Patram Ivamasa. One who it performs this duty without attachment, surrendering the result unto the supreme Lord, is unaffected by sinful action, as the lotus leaf is untouched by water. Shri Guruve Namaha. I was born in the darkness of ignorance, but my spiritual master has opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my most respectful obeisances unto him. So we went up through the seventh verse, one who works in devotion, who is a pure soul, and who controls his mind and senses is dear to everyone, and everyone is dear to him. Though always working, such a man is never entangled. A person in the divine consciousness, although engaged in seeing, hearing, touching, smelling, eating, moving about, sleeping, and breathing, always knows within himself that he actually does nothing at all. Because while speaking, evacuating, receiving, or opening or closing his eyes, he always knows that only the material senses are engaged with their objects and that he is aloof from them. One who performs his duty without attachment, surrendering the result unto the Supreme Lord, is unaffected by sinful action. As the lotus leaf is untouched by water, the yogis abandoning attachment act with body, mind, intelligence, and even with the senses, only for the purpose of purification. The steadily devoted soul attains unadulterated peace because he offers the result of all activities to me, whereas a person who is not in union with the divine, who is greedy for the fruits of his labor, becomes entangled. When the embodied living being controls his nature and mentality and mentally renounces all actions, he resides happily in the city of nine gates, the material body, neither working nor causing work to be done. The embodied spirit, master of the city of his body, does not create activities, nor does he induce people to act, nor does he create the Fruits of action. All this is enacted by the modes of material nature. Nor does the Supreme Lord assume anyone's sinful or pious activities. Embodied beings, however, are bewildered because of the ignorance which covers their real knowledge. So, how to comprehend the essence of this karma yoga action in Krishna consciousness? how to work in the world but not be bound by our actions here. That's truly what Krishna is teaching in this chapter of Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna. Arjuna is bewildered. Should I work? Should I not work? Should I, you're, you're engaging me in a battle. What good can come from this battle? I mean, really, I'm going to be killing people, and by killing these people... Uh, These great men, I'm going to create a havoc in society. That the offspring, the 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 women won't be protected. The children won't be protected. The women will be exploited. So he's thinking in this way, thinking in relationship to the way we generally look at our lives. We look at our lives and we look at what we do in this world. And we consider ourselves the doer of activities. We take responsibility for our actions here to the extent that we, that we desire the fruit of the action. We become party to the play of material nature. Do we not? We just dive right in. What do they say? Hook, line, and sinker. We're part of the program. Here I am. I I'm an educated man, I'm a strong man, I'm a beautiful man, I'm a beautiful woman, I'm rich, I'm famous, I'm dedicated to my job, I like my car, I love to get intoxicated. I mean, we just, we dive right into this world and, and become hooked to some conception of I, We have a conception of I, I this, I that, I something else. And we build a whole existence around our conception of me and mine. And we extend it out. Oh, my wife, my children, my job, my home, my car, my country. We start smaller, though. My community, my city, my county, my state, my country, my world. We see everything in relationship to our, my. Everything. It all revolves around my existence here. And we become so wrapped up, we don't can't see things properly. We lose knowledge. We lose the sense of our true self. We become so wrapped up in our mind. I mean mine. I mean mine, I mean mine, I mean mine." <laughs> Isn't that what the Beatles said? We're so wrapped up. I mean mine, I mean mine. And we forget. And we forget to such an extent that we fall under the illusion of our conception of our existence. Sounds
1: like a conception of a web, or like a spider web. Yes,
0: it's likened to a spider web, but unfortunately after we weave our web, we're, we get ourselves tangled up in it. That's the problem. So here Krishna's talking about karma yoga in Krishna consciousness. Working in this world in such a way that we do not become entangled. I'm just finishing a portion of the Srimad Bhagavatam. wherein are in Muni. Muni's Moody. uh, transcendental Transcendentalist, often referred to as a transcendental spaceman, these great devotees as a byproduct of their devotional service. Nothing that they, they aspire, it's not that they aspire to attain some material opulence, but because they are completely detached from everything material. Krishna can give them everything material without concern. It's an interesting point. It's explained that the Supreme Lord, when when someone takes to the process of, of devotional service and wants to purify their existence, the general course of activities for the Lord is not to continue to put on our plate, things that will attract us. Sometimes he smashes all of our material desires. Whatever we want, he just casts it asunder. Sometimes he destroys our family life. I mean, he does these things because he's looking out for our best interest. It's not unheard of in our own dealings with our children in trying to raise them properly. If every time I give the keys to the car, of the car to my teenager, and the next morning the car's got dense in it and the kids upstairs hung over, reluctant to give the keys again and again. Krishna's like that with his devotee. He takes, takes special interest. Of course, sometimes we look at that spe- special interest and say, oh, why is Krishna doing this to me? I just wanted to be a devotee and my life fell apart. Sometimes your life stays together. Sometimes he gives you all kinds of things. He teaches you in a different way. We're not going to, to box Krishna in. We're going to let him deal with us the way he f- wants to deal with us. But anyway, I, I went a little bit around the corner here. We are talking about Narada Muni. So Narda Muni's a pure devotee. So he's past the point of having any material desire. And the pure devotees, they actually they sing. They, they actually have songs they sing that when I when I come to the stage of pure devotional service, all the opulence of material life and all the cities and all the all the everything that was here in the material world, stands with folded hands at my beck and call. Even liberation. Oh, let me give you. I don't care for any of it. All I want is to love Krishna. There's nothing nothing touches that. Narada Muni's referred to as a transcendental space man. He has all the yoga cities. And he's a great He's, you will find him again and again and again throughout the Srimad Bhagavatam, right? Again, so many, he made so many devotees himself. And if he doesn't make someone a devotee, when a devotee has some difficulty in their progressive spiritual practice, he comes along and helps them out. If there's spiritual masters away doing something else, he'll show up. At the door. Oh, let me help you. I can see. So these emissaries are always there, coming. So Narada Muni, he was trying to help a king, who a worldly attached king. Uh, Barhisman. So he he gave him an allegorical story of Purunjan. Sometimes. What do they say? You, sometimes when you want to teach the daughter-in-law something, it's easier to teach, the, to, to, to show the daughter. Like you could chastise your own daughter, but you don't want to chastise your daughter-in-law. Sometimes that creates some strife. So you may teach the daughter-in-law by giving, imparting some instruction to your daughter. Also, sometimes we're, we're, we, we're so wrapped up in our I, me, mine that we can't see where we're at. We get so, what do they say? We're so wrapped up in the forest, we can't see the trees. We can't see the whole picture. So Narda, he gives an allegorical story of Puranjan. And he talks about how Parunjan is attached to his wife and his children, and he basically completely outlines this king's life for him. And then, after the complete narration of how Parunjan was so attached to his kingdom and so attached to performing religious sacrifices for material advancement in life it's a symptom of our material existence we're willing to sacrifice anything for our advancement so these Vedic sacrifices are there and you can offer some poor innocent animal for your personal advancement Uh, and if you are doing them properly and you've employed qualified Brahmins the animal is not truly hurt but you get the benefit of the sacrifice so this king, he was performing all these sacrifices. He was ruling over his kingdom. He was extremely attached to his wife. And his life just passed before his eyes. And all of a sudden, he's at the end of life. And he's a back, being attacked. His whole city. So this, this whole allegory is given to the Srimad Bhagavatam by Narada Muni, to King, you know, Barhishman. And he's talking to him about the attack of, of Jara, old age. Old age attacks us all. And her brother is death. And at the end of life, because he had not utilized his life properly, and because he was so attached to this concept of my kingdom, my wife, and of everything in the world That is one of our primary attachments, our family affection, the sense gratification we get from the the relationship with the other sex. So attached that at the end of life, his consciousness was fixed on the form of his wife and he became a woman in his next life. Krishna explains that in Bhagavad Gita, doesn't he? There's a verse. It's whatever our consciousness concentrates on at the end of life to that state we will attain in our next life. got to be careful what you concentrate on through life. We have a little system to counteract that. At least for a couple hours a day we concentrate on Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. I may not be able to do it 24 hours a day but a couple hours a day Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Oh, my mind's running off. No, come back. If I can just get my mind for a couple hours a day to think of Krishna, then maybe when death comes knocking, that thought will supersede the others. Even if it doesn't, Krishna's there. He knows we've acted sincerely. We've made that our... They've, we've put that as... As we read in Inner Fulfillment, we have that above us. It's always there as our, our ideal. If we can at least make that our ideal and keep that as the primary objective in our life to become what? Krishna conscious. To what? Work for Krishna instead of me. So he told this story, Narda. he related this whole allegory of Puranjan to the king. And it's an interesting section of the Bhagavatam. There's a lot of, I mean, the whole Bhagavatam is the more you read these narrations, the more you read these pastimes again and again, more and more is revealed. As we make progress in spiritual life, everything works to our benefit. Everything works to assist us. Our chanting becomes clearer. Our meditation on the holy name becomes more pronounced as we pronounce more clearly. As the thoughts of the mind, we're able to pull the the mind back through practice. Every day is a brand new day. It's a new year every day. You know, New Year's Day, everybody, everybody. I'm going to make a resolution. I'm going to do it right today, this year. I'm going to do it the way I want it to be, everything. Devotee has that every single morning. They get up. Today, I'm going to chant more rounds, more attentively than I've ever chanted before. Maybe just once I can chant with full concentration. Maybe tomorrow I can chant twice. Maybe the day after tomorrow I can chant 16 mantras without the mind going off and doing something somewhere with somebody wanting to do who knows. Maybe the next round, 32. Next day, 64 mantras. Wow, 108, a whole round of full concentration. What must that be like? A whole round where you're hearing Every word, and you're praying to Krishna with every breath and every, every syllable that's coming out. Krishna, please, I want to be your pure devotee. Please make me a devotee. Please take me to that higher ideal. Let me have a glimpse of that ideal. What's Lord Chaitanya praying? When will my the hairs on my when will I get so excited about that ideal that my voice becomes choked up? The hairs stand on end, I become stunned. The life airs mix with the elements of the body, and I experience some little taste of spiritual existence, some little experience, little bhava, some little taste of something higher than eating, sleeping, mating, defending, higher than these sensual engagements. Krishna talks of these sensual engagements, doesn't he? A person in the divine consciousness, although engaged in seeing, hearing, touching, smelling, eating, moving about, sleeping, breathing, always knows within himself that he actually does nothing at all. But we are doing something. But we're not doing anything that what? What was the verse we chanted tonight? We're not doing anything that's going to bind us. There's no sin there. The ropes aren't tying us down. If we're working under Krishna's direction. In the beginning, working under Krishna's direction is mixed with working under my direction. The I, me, mine is is kind of, it's there. We've been at it a long time this i me mine stuff. So when the spiritual master comes and he shakes us up and he says now let's make it Krishna. Let's see the truth. Let me give you knowledge. Knowledge is what? Knowledge is none of this consciousness will ever make you happy. It's not going to satisfy you. Let me give you a formula. Simple formula. Make some little changes. These changes will make a profound difference. Set the high ideal there. Keep it in front of you all the time. Reinforce it daily. And in this age, how do we reinforce it daily? In prior ages, they meditated. And then what? Then they engaged in sacrifices. And then they worship the deity. And in this age, what are we directed to do? Chant Chan- Hare, Hare, Hare Krishna. Hare. This is our simple program. Chant Hare Krishna. Every day. Some fixed count has to be there. Not whimsical. This is for people that are serious. So if we can reach that level of seriousness, then Guru, he comes. He says, okay, let me set you on the right course. Let me clean the slate. Let me give you some firm direction. Let me place that ideal in your heart so that you can aspire for it. In the beginning, a few flickering times a day. Just like a light, you turn it on sometimes. If it's a loose connection, there's some flickering. Can't even see what's in the room because it's not really there. So you have to, you have to get it to the point. So what's the generating agent? I think a better analogy would be you have a, a little crank and you're generating the electricity. The more we generate, the more we can see the truth Of our true spiritual existence. What's our generating agent? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. The light is getting brighter. Oh, I can see. Wow. It's not about me and mine. Oh, and what? I'm here and I'm in the same position as all these other living entities and we're all suffering together. Oh, some compassion is there. Oh, I feel as I've been an illusion. Oh, my spiritual master is giving me some knowledge, teaching me how to turn up the light so I can see what's really going on in my existence. The ideal is is becoming more and more apparent to me as my hearing increases and as my chanting increases, as my service increases day in and day out, some little bit. I've said this a few times. I can't repeat it enough. Bhaktivinoda Thakur emphasized that from a codice to a codice, every 15 days, we observe a fasting. And in those periods, from one codice to another, we should see that we have made some significant improvement in our spiritual endeavor doesn't have to be a great improvement, some significant improvement. Instead of chanting 16 mantras with attention, maybe I'll chant 20. With some progress, eventually I'll get to a full round, a full concentration, or 2, or 10, or 16, 32, 64. Wow, all of a sudden, all I'm thinking of is Krishna. Everything that's happening in the world becomes the illusion and the reality begins to manifest itself in my heart. I start to actually see Krishna is there with me at every moment. What was first my seeing Krishna in the Shastra, that as I read, more is revealed to me. The next time I read, more comes out. The next time I worship the deity, I see, ah, there's some reciprocation. Krishna's taking, Krishna is eating the food. Before it was just putting a plate there and chanting a mantra, and all of a sudden I'm seeing, wow, I understand. Krishna can glance, and he's accepting that, and he's leaving it there, but he's eating it. Whoa, what's that about? It's not just a mantra, all of a sudden there's some vision, there's some realization. So all this comes about by understanding the knowledge that Krishna is presenting here in this chapter. We work in the world, we perform actions, but we're not attached. Everything we're doing is towards our spiritual benefit. And what? To the materialist, it looks like I'm doing the same thing they're doing. And to me, what they're doing looks like the same thing I'm doing. My mind is fixed on Krishna to such an extent, well, where else could anybody else's mind be? That's the level of the Uttama Adhikari. He doesn't make a distinction. He doesn't have to preach to anybody. He sees everybody serving Krishna. Krishna. It's great for him. What about us? Mm -hmm. Well, therefore, there's the Majjama Adhikari. The Majjama Adhikari, he has compassion. He sees, as I have struggled with material life and now the light is coming on and I can see things as they are, let me tell you how it is. Let me introduce you, as I was introduced, to the process of self-purification. Sometimes even the Uttama Adhikari he sees everybody serving Krishna but then this compassion comes and he's, he comes down from that platform and he starts to make distinctions. Ah, you're not chanting your routes. You don't know who Krishna is. You don't have a Bhagavad Gita, let me give you. He makes some distinctions for our benefit. This is a wonderful program and understanding this karma yoga This is where it begins. Arjuna thought, in order to attain spiritual life, I don't understand why I shouldn't renounce things. You're telling me to fight a war, to engage in a battle. How can can I spiritualize that? How can that be spiritual? That makes no sense at all. You're telling me renunciation is not necessary. That I can engage in activity. It looks like karma to me. Bad karma to me. (laughs) Killing karma. Neglectful karma. Disrupting society karma. Christians, there. No. Why? Because I'm there. Everyone's my dear most friend. Become my friend. Everything that you do will be for everyone's benefit. In fact... What's Krishna say in this chapter? Dear most friend, you become the dear most friend of everybody by taking to this consciousness. Even the people that were antagonistic and adverse to Krishna, they loved the Goswamis. They were dear to everyone. Even the atheists appreciated them. They were just. That's, Krishna. That's what Krishna does. We see that when the pure devotee, when the spiritual master comes, he can walk through the airport and even those that are like, whoa, how are you dressed like that? They see, wow, there's something there. They're attracted. The spiritual qualities of a pure heart are carried on, on the devotee's face because there's not a not one single infinitesimal desire to exploit. He's the dearmost friend of every living entity. Are there any questions, comments, additions? Yes, sir.
1: I was wondering if we could talk, or you could talk just a little bit about. Um, I was talking with a devotee who seems to um, contribute everything that happened and I, I don't want to say mundane things, but just day-to-day things in, in her life to um, yeah. to Krishna, and we were just having a discussion of how much sort of micromanaging is going on, and how much is Krishna, but sort of through karma, just like Krishna killing demons, but it's really Vishnu killing demons through Krishna, so, I mean, on that side of Krishna. So, like in the 15th uh, text mm-hmm. says he does not create Krishna does not create a particular situation for any living entity but the living entity, bewildered by ignorance, desires to be put in, into certain conditions of life and thereby um, his chain of action and reaction begins the karma um, and then it goes on to say that the Lord is never responsible for the actions and reactions of a particular situation which may be desired And so, I was just wondering, sort of an interesting thing, I, I just wondered, especially like talking with friends of my, my mom, they're Christians, and they like to think of, you know, they struggle and with it's And
0: it's it is a very, it can become very perplexing. I, just I mean, where, where, where does, for? where does the workings of the material world how does it? I mean, how does it work? That am I in karma, or am I in, or am I in Krishna? Is Krishna controlling everything, or am I the master of my destiny?
1: Because I mean, you know, we're taught that we we need to, for everything that's happening to us that's negative, we always need to look to ourselves as being. You know, we talked about that one night too. Is, mm-hmm.
0: So where's no, no, the mix? How does it Christians. mix all together?
1: Yeah, and how to explain it to someone, especially like, not to pick single people out, but just like, I have this discussion and we with know Christians it's, we, a lot. Right, and so later in
0: Bhagavad Gita, we're going to get an explanation of what are the fact, factors of action. Mm-hmm. Five factors, 18th chapter. Krishna's okay. going to explain what are those factors of action. One of them is us. One of them is the body. One of them is the senses. One of them is the Supreme Lord. So we're there. He's there. So where, where's the fine line? Where do we make the distinction where I determine what the reaction is going to be or material nature is working on me or Krishna is directing me? It's all a matter of how much we have invested and how much we see ourselves as this material arrangement. The more we associate with the vehicle, the more we become implicated. And it's simple. Just look at it like your car. Because Krishna uses that analogy. Can't live without it. Got to feed it. Got to clothe it. Got to bathe it. Got to keep it healthy. Yes, no question. You do have a vehicle and the vehicle has to be maintained. But what's your mentality? First of all, who owns the vehicle? That's where it begins. If we associate as the owner if we have that much invested in it if we see oh it's a gift. This is a gift from God. Take for example you, get, you have a car. Let's just take a, a car that you drive down the road. The more you have invested in the ownership of the car the more when something happens to the car you're upset. So when You have a clunker you don't care. <laughs> there you go. Rent a wreck. So I have a question. Um one is
1: no longer illusioned? Does one know the difference between the workings of material nature and you know what Krishna arranges?
0: Like He doesn't see anything that isn't arranged by Krishna. He has perfect vision. Maya Dakshena Prakriti. He understands when Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, this material nature is working under my direction. He understands.
1: That, right? Okay.
0: He doesn't see anything that Krishna. He doesn't see a blade of grass is moving in the wind without Krishna being ultimately in charge. I'm not worrying
1: about whether it's, it's karma or what. So it's, not, it's, not
0: it's called Krishna consciousness. Perception. The perception, it's consciousness. Yeah. Well, it's devotees. called knowledge. Well, devotees are always
1: saying, you know, like, oh, Krishna arranged for this to happen. And yes, it's under, you know, everything's
0: under Krishna's direction. Okay. then there's a system, you know, the system of
1: karma where it's, you know,
0: material. That's also there. Krishna may let a little karma come through. He may not. We don't hold anything against Krishna. If, If the karma comes due to my past sinful activity, all I know is I'm working for Krishna now. And if he let this come through, if he didn't filter this out, he knows what's best for me. If this suffering is there from something that I've done in the past, so be it. If I win the lottery, of course devotees don't gamble, but anyway, if, if you know all of a sudden uh, you get a windfall, the father dies and there's a big inheritance, oh well, it comes. Or if I'm driving down the street and I'm hit and I'm, uh, you know I break my back, okay. A devotee is surrendered to the environment. He's surrendered to Krishna. He doesn't say, well, this is Krishna's arrangement and this isn't. It either is or it isn't. Either we're surrendered and we fully accept what Krishna puts on our plate and serve him unconditionally. He can bring, pick us up and embrace us. I mean, this eighth verse of Sostikam, this is the highest level of devotional surrender. It's not to be taken lightly and it's not to be achieved Immediately, but it is achievable. We can come to that level. Chanting one round, one one full round attentively doesn't happen in the beginning unless there's been lifetimes of work up to that point. But in your life, you will get to the point where you do chant attentive rounds.
1: So who calculates the karma? Is it Krishna or a demigod?
0: It depends on what? In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, "Yayatam prapajante, all of them, as they surrender unto me, I reward accordingly." What's his reward? He takes personal charge. Now he's taken charge of everybody.
1: Yeah, he's throwing the hand out, I suppose.
0: But to that person who's trying to come to knowledge and to come to the platform of love, then there's some special. Arrangement. He personally takes charge. Super soul is in the heart fulfilling the desire of every living entity. I am seated in everyone's heart. He's there giving everyone the facility to fulfill their desire. But when the desire is to love him, mm, then material nature backs off. The superintendent of death instructed. His servants, if one, if you see Krishna's devotee, you go the other way. We don't administrate punishment. That's under Krishna's charge. You'll read as you study the Srimad Bhagavatam about Ajameel. Ajameel was a devotee. He was doing real good. And then all of a sudden, well, he got sidetracked. And all of a sudden, well, let me have a nice wife. I see these two people over there having fun in the grove. Oh, let me have that. Oh, looks like a nice wife. Let me re—I'll just leave the wife that I was religiously married to, because that prostitute really looks. He took up life with the prostitute, left his wife, lived his whole life, just simply engaged in this and that material arrangement. And at the end, at the end, he named one of his children. And in the beginning of his life, he had worshipped Narayan. At the end of life, he said, Narayan, we're going to take you to the the good program. (laughs) Even Even though the light bulb of your idea wasn't burning brightly throughout your whole life, there was enough flickering of that light bulb, and especially at the end, that one little last flicker of Narayan, Narayan, you're only calling your son. It's okay. It's still God's name. Give them the benefit of the doubt.
1: That's special treatment right there.
0: That's Krishna. That's the treatment a devotee gets from Krishna. He only sees the best in us. This material environment, it discriminates. It discriminates. Yes, sir. So, so, for the, um,
2: so it seems. Too much with the outcomes of the actions, whether they're good or bad. As Prabhupada stated in his purports in previous chapters regarding lamentation or not, basically, do not lament Arjuna for, you know, Krishna says, don't lament for the death you will cause because it's in my service. And likewise, we're not to go nuts and crazy and be happy for the outcome of the war when you win it and enjoying all the outcome either and, and what we tend to do it seems in our day to day lives when we're not fully in the desire as you put it for the Lord always when we're not to that level yet we get knocked off our balance and we, and we start wanting to say ah Krishna did this or, but then it's like we only want to say that about the good things not the bad things, in which case we're left with a quandary because then we, we, we want our mind... Well,
0: that discrimination's there. That's material discrimination. And we get lost. Yeah. So our, the only solution to the quandary, stay in the association of devotees. They'll always keep you on track. They'll always remind you when you're Now You're just listening to your mind. Sometimes they remind us too often. and It gets to be a problem. Our ego gets, whoa, all right, all right, back off. So we have to know how to do that gently. With love. If we do it with love, it's appreciated. If we do it with, I'm a devotee and you're not, uh, that's never, uh, it's kind of like little sand in the sweet rice. Make it always sweet when you're dealing with Krishna's devotees. Deal with them as, as you would want them to deal with you. No problem. The community of Vaishnavas worldwide uh, lost a great Vaishnav today, my godbrother, Gopi Pranadana. Left his body in Govardhan. He worked his whole devotional life on Prabhupada's books. He helped with two others complete the Srimad Bhagavatam of Srila Prabhupada. He gave us Brihat uh, Bhagavatamrita by Srila Sanatana Goswami. He had been traveling and preaching, and he went back to Govardhan just for a couple days and he was on his way to go. He was going to leave and, and go out and do more preaching, but somehow or other Krishna arranged for him to leave his body on Govardhan Hill, which is very auspicious. We definitely have, have been blessed by his good association. I never met him personally, but I've read his books. I've listened to his lectures online. I listened especially to a le- series of lectures he gave on Uddhava, and just wonderful, wonderful speaker. and Are
1: they still uh, online
0: somewhere Yeah, they're online.
1: What's his name? I have to write it down
0: because I'm not familiar. Gopi Pranadana.